It's like a return to the past, remembering, thinking what these lads went through during the war. This was all for our liberty so that we could be free. We wanted to see the memorial cemetery in this part of Italy and pay our respects to those who'd given their lives. I also don't think it's a campaign that very many people know much about. The Normandy landings, everything else in France and Belgium, a big thing is made of it. And nobody knows very much about the Italian campaigns. Welcome to the Legacy of Liberation podcast. In this episode, we're talking about the liberation of Italy in the Second World War. And we'll be visiting the site of the most infamous battle of the campaign at Monte Cassino. I'm Lisa Kellett. And I'm Glyn Prasor. And it's been great to hear your reviews and your feedback. So please do share and subscribe to make sure you catch all our future episodes. Carlo Castiglio is the head gardener at Casino War Cemetery. Casino saw one of the most ferocious battles of the Second World War in Italy, and Carlo has a very personal connection to the place. Hi, uh, I'm Carlo Castiglia. I was born in Leeds, UK, and I've been working with the Commonwealth World Graves Commission since January 1995. I've been head gardener since, well, since two years now, two and a half years. My grandfather, he was here during the battle. He was with the Royal Engineers. He was transferred to Italy after fighting in Egypt, and when the war was over, he took part in the construction of Casino War Cemetery. And uh, he married my grandmother here in Casino, and uh, they went to live in the UK. And uh, he was, like I said, he was here during the war, and with 200, when, when they were building the cemetery, really, and there were 250 uh, casual labourers of Casino who were helping with the construction of the cemetery and he was doing the crosses, writing the crosses. He was uh, doing the crosses of the soldiers because in those days there weren't the marble headstones but they were all wooden crosses and he and another two gentlemen were doing the crosses, not just for Casino War Cemetery but for other cemeteries as well. He had the perfect skills for this as he'd been a painter and decorator before joining the army. And how do you think he would feel about you uh, working here now? Oh, yeah, well, if I, he got to know that I was working here. He knew that, but knowing that I'm a head gardener now here, knowing that I'm having this interview, it would be really, really touching for him. A lady from Cornwall and her son, Valerie from Cornwall, and uh, they've come every single year. They drive over from Cornwall to visit Val's grave, and every year she always says, "I'll give you a kiss because I don't really be seeing you next year." And I say, "No, I want to see you next year." And luckily, she's 92 now, and uh, she still comes to visit her husband's grave. Is that something that you um, find a lot that people are coming for the first time sometimes to, to, to honour people in their family's history? Yes, we still have people who. Like I said, after all those years, uh, they still come over and they say, this is my first time that I've visited, and, well, it's really touching for us. And you have other people who come over and they say, this would have been one of my mother or my father's dreams to come over and visit, or the grandfather or the husband in that case. But uh, all because of time, all because they don't have 
the courage really because some said my mother didn't have the courage to come and, and see a husband's grave. She was okay just with a photo and they come over and they say it was like my mother's wish that one day I would come over and that's what I'm doing now and they are really, really touched. We're standing in Casino War Cemetery and I just want to take a moment to describe the scene because it is an incredible view here. Uh, we're under the shelter of the Tempietto, the little entrance feature here with the great seal of the Imperial War Graves Commission in front of us, the lamp with a flame, the everlasting flame of remembrance. And, and all around us, as far as the eye can see, we're enclosed by mountains. And off to our right, standing high above the cemetery, is Monte Cassino, where the Germans defended so fiercely against the Allied forces trying to capture it. And on top of Monte Cassino, the famous Benedictine Abbey, rebuilt after its destruction during the Second World War, during the fighting here at Casino by Allied bombing, one of the most notorious incidents of the fighting here at Casino. Thousands of, of graves here, headstones in uh, Botticino marble that have been partly stained by the weather, by the rain. They have a, a certain kind of glow to them, don't mm. they? Kind of orange-like glow. Mm. Um, we can see the stone of remembrance and then uh, at a distance the cross of sacrifice with an unusual memorial either side of it to uh, those who fought in Italy and Sicily during the Second World War uh, and have no known grave. So 4,000 names are there on uh, 12 pillars either side of the cross of sacrifice and uh, an unusual feature that you don't see sort of on first entering but now as we walk um, up to the cross a sunken down in front of it is reflecting pools surrounded by um, mosaic paving a striking sight the planting uh, is varied very colorful lots of red pinks purples yellows and there are some unusual Oriental-style trees either side mm. of the Cross of Sacrifice. It's beautiful, isn't it? And very peaceful. In fact, I mean, this mm. morning there have been, I'd say, dozens, hundreds of tourists, perhaps, coming in on, on coaches, mm. probably on their way down from Rome or up from Naples. And as we look around, we can see the gardeners whizzing around on the, <laughs> on the uh, mowing machines and uh, tending to the, to the flowers and the, and the plants here. And it's, a, it's serene, I can hear birdsong. Uh, and as we look around, we can see all these mountains around us, some of them with a little bit of snow on top of them, the clouds gathering around them. But actually, I, I don't think it's too hard to imagine how difficult a battlefield this must have been for Allied forces in 1944. Following waves of aircraft bring fresh loads of bombs to batter at the formidable array of blockhouses and strongpoints which guarded this bastion of the Gustav Line. Reinforced concrete gun pits built into solid rock Machine gun nests thickly emplaced in the hill slopes, tanks dug in beneath the foundations of houses. These were measures which had been taken to make Casino the toughest nut to crack in the whole Italian campaign. We're essentially halfway through the Italian campaign here. The Allies have landed in mainland Italy in the autumn of 1943 and they're fighting their way up towards Rome. Uh, and the Germans have uh, constructed a, a formidable set of defences stretching across the country using the natural landscape to their advantage. And Monte Cassino is a perfect example of that. I mean, as we were just saying, it's, it dominates the landscape around here. You can see uh, the abbey at the top. You can imagine uh, what it must have been like for the Allies facing that formidable structure. And five months of fighting here 
uh, horrific casualties, um, often far more casualties on the Allied side than the German side. Really, really tough fighting. Uh, and often the people who fought here would describe it as almost like a First World War battle. One journalist um, described it as the Ypres of the Second World War, um, which I think gives you a good sense of, uh, of what they faced here, the kind of battle of attrition. We landed at Toronto, and then uh, because there's no airborne operations, we became an infantry unit. That's Jim Knox, a Second World War veteran who fought at Casino in May 1944. Under the command of the Second New Zealand Div, and that was in the Gustav line. Uh, we were with them for four months from Ortona on the east coast, and we ended up in Casino on the 29th of April. I was wondering about your expectation of Italy before you went out there and how it met uh, with reality. You know, did you have any sense of what it would be like to, to fight in that part of the world or to see that part of the world? Yeah, I, I, I mean, before I joined the army, I'd never, the farthest I'd ever been from London was, uh, was well, Saden Voice, where we used to go to a camp as scouts. It's only a Nepping Forest. I'd never seen the sea till I joined the army, believe it or not. It's one of those things, wasn't it? Uh, my, the only thing I ever knew about Italy, I suppose, is what I've seen in pictures, books and read. I think it's a very romantic country and all the rest mm. of it. Yeah. But the civilians, of course, you didn't have a lot to do with them at first because uh, they were suppressed by the Germans. They had no food, they had nothing. They would, everything was stripped from them. The biggest problem going in was the uh, landmines. Engineers used to put tapes down, but as soon as they were put down, they were destroyed because it's constant mortaring. And mortaring is all surface explosions. So obviously these tapes were destroyed or moved, and uh, that was our biggest fear, I think. I don't think it was frightened about the Germans so much. I don't think they were frightened of us either, but uh, what it was, it's something you don't know, you can't see. That is more worrying, really. Uh, in fact, you couldn't see anything, really. It was just ruins, and every so often you'd hear somebody popping off because as soon as you moved, you either drew attention from a sniper or the mortar teams. The problem was they were on the high ground, the Germans, so wherever you moved, you was observed you couldn't hide you couldn't do anything you just had to keep low uh, which made the situation difficult because during the daytime there's constant smoke bombs being laid down and things that made the atmosphere horrible it's like the, a yellow haze over the area uh, it's just like the old London fog used to be and the stench was horrible because the chlordite and all the rest of it there's lots of injured dead people there they couldn't get to and they were there for weeks and then unfortunately we had two mules in the, the our vicinity quite close and they were like barrage balloons where they totally exploded with maggots and things like this and because nothing you could do about it our biggest problem i think was that we couldn't wash or there was no facilities for washing, no water, nothing like that. You relied upon uh, the service corps fetching goods to you every now and again or whenever they could get through. Standing in the middle of the cemetery, it's interesting to contemplate that idea that people who fought in Italy had it easy. 
that they were almost coming on holiday. You know, the, the tourist posters and the, the picture postcards, um, that it would somehow be an easy ride. But the reality was really different. And of course, we think about the, the long fascination, um, long held fascination for British people with Italy, um, that idea in the 19th century of the grand tour of well-to-do citizens going out on the continent and uh, taking in the, the history, the, the culture of uh, a nation like this. I uh, think about the, the great romantic writers, Keats and Shelley, who of course are commemorated in a, a cemetery in Rome, just by Rome War Cemetery, our cemetery there. Um, that that sense of fascination with the place um, it must have been pretty jarring to be here and, and be confronted with uh, this prospect of trying to reach the top of that mountain which is uh, colossal much bigger to me now being here in person mm. than uh, it could ever look in a picture you know there is that sense of this legendary landscape as well you know the the, the sense of the Roman legions and Hannibal having been here and that kind of almost legendary mythic um, military history um, up against a battle that was you know, no less significant and no less epic in its own way. Five months of, of hellish conditions here, all the way from the winter to the summer. I mean, this morning the mist was lying really low over Monte Cassino. It just, it seemed uh, almost kind of mystical and epic. And then when it lifted and we saw the, the mountain, my goodness, uh, you know, it really took the breath away. Yeah, we've been here in uh, rain <laughs> when we first arrived and in uh, blazing sunshine today and you kind of get a, a sense of both the, the beauty of it and the bleakness, mm. as you say. You can imagine this, I uh, can fully uh, understand that comparison, I think, to First World War um, conditions and uh, landscape. I think one interesting thing for me is looking out uh, to this side of the cemetery and what we can see in front of us is a very modern-looking building um, with windows all around and that's the University of Casino. Uh, when we came here this morning we saw the students walking past mm. on their way to classes. I was just speaking to a student a few minutes ago actually who was talking about the importance of the cemetery as part of the, um, the kind of identity of the community. It's quite a small place, um, close-knit uh, and the value that it has both on international scale and for the locals, um, a place of, of beauty and a place to be proud of, I think something that they, um, they relish. Ciao a tutti, sono Gianvito Carlo Musto, studente di ingegneria. I am uh, Gianvito Carlo Musto, uh, student of the, the University of Cassino and Southern Lazio. When I uh, come here, there are contrasting emotion, uh, emotions um, in, my, in my heart. If you uh, realize that uh, this magnificent place uh, has, the, has the reason to to be here uh, for um, the, the death of the uh, more than 4,000 uh, 4, uh, life. That makes me really sad. The town of Casino itself is, I mean, I don't think you could call it a beautiful place. It, it was effectively <laughs> destroyed during the Second World War and, and rebuilt. Um, you know, it's, it's not a huge city like Rome or Naples it's it's a relatively small place mm. um, but the war cemetery is a, is a reminder of its of its past and it's part of the Italian history and the local history as well it's a reminder not just of uh, of the fighting that went on here but also that sense of hope for the future you know the people who were fighting here were, were fighting for the liberation of Italy and the liberation of Europe it's an international story and you know, clearly one that does connect still with with young people growing up here 
my first impression when I saw that is really in war there is no real winner because uh, both uh, both parties are losing a lot and this is what once you enter the cemetery this is what you uh, they are a brave soldier they fought for their like uh, their countries and their families but yet it's sad that's mm -hmm. my feeling really to it World War two was a big thing in the whole world and I wish all these wars stops I also don't think it's a campaign that very many people know much about. You know, the um, Normandy landings, everything else in France and Belgium, they a big thing is made of it. Yeah. And nobody knows very much about the Italian campaigns. I, I, think, I think it does make it particularly poignant because, mm. yeah, I mean, having read a bit of the military history before but not knowing a lot about the, the uh, Italian campaign, um, it, it was an obviously a huge slog to try to get up that hill and 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 take out that position and you know as well as the people here we mustn't forget that a lot of poles died here uh, as well um and you know a lot of good men gave their lives uh, for that so i think you know to be here and um, of them to be looking up if you like uh, at what they were trying to achieve i, I think is um it makes it doubly um touching After the break, we'll continue to explore Casino. We'll visit the Abbey on top of Monte Casino, and on our way back through Rome, we'll discover war graves in the shadow of the ancient city wall. What does it take to ensure those who died in the two world wars will never be forgotten? This June, discover the answer at the CWGC Experience, a unique new visitor attraction that will shine a light on the work of the remarkable organisation at the heart of remembrance of the war dead, the Commonwealth War Graves Commission. A trip to the battlefields of the Western Front is not complete without a visit to the CWGC experience. Okay, so what is this under this tree here? Let's have a look. So there's a flag with a fern, New Zealand flag, uh, and a photograph of a soldier Sergeant William Basil Jones, 21st Battalion. New Zealand Expeditionary Force. <laughs> so someone's clearly been here and left his photo underneath the tree. Uh, and looking at the flag, it says All Blacks, <laughs> which is a reminder that actually there are several international rugby players buried in Casino War Cemetery. And looking out in front of us, I mean, just row upon row with the fern of New Zealand. Mm. It's interesting the, that lots of um, nations have been grouped together. The arrangement of the cemetery, there must have been a conscious decision there, I think, to, to put the, the different nations uh, in separate plots. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Uh, you don't often see that, particularly mm. with commissioned cemeteries, particularly from the First World War. I mean, pretty much the entire left-hand side are, are British regiments. We've got some Canadian maple leaves. You can see a big group of Canadian maple leaves here, the, the New Zealanders. I can just about see some Australian graves in the distance. And then mm. beyond that, the graves of many of the Indian soldiers uh, who died, particularly Muslims who died and were buried here at Casino. But, you know, I think looking at these New Zealand ferns, it's a reminder of the contribution played by New Zealand forces here and how important this place is to them. They'd, they'd fought in the Mediterranean in the early part of the war, particularly in, in Greece and on Crete. And for many of them, this was a chance to, if not get revenge on the Germans, to, to take them on again. Um, and they suffered very heavy casualties, particularly the Maori Battalion, the 28th 
Maori battalion, which was fighting at the train station not far from where we are in the town of Casino itself, they suffered 60% casualties. Uh, and I think when you look at these graves, you, you understand why this is a place of pilgrimage for, for New Zealanders. So let's have a look. This is the grave of Private Kerr, New Zealand Infantry, died on the 23rd of March, 1944, aged 22. My goodness, and what's this in front of it? A photograph of uh, a mother and an infant. Looks very old. Private Robert Bob Harold Kerr. Photograph of Bob's mother holding him um, as a small child. Put on this resting place by his great-nephew, Marshall Hall, 15th of September 2018. Brought here on behalf of his brother, Lindsay Kerr, who resides in New Zealand. A message from your brother. I can still remember that day in 1944 when I arrived home from school to find the family devastated and the telegram on the table. I remember it just as clearly today. When the war was over in 1945, there was a great rejoicing when all the boys were coming home. But Bob, you were never coming home. And many other families, loved ones, were never coming back. It was very sad for mum, dad, and the rest of us. on our way up the side of Monte Cassino now to uh, go up to the Benedictine Abbey which was destroyed during the battle and uh, has been rebuilt now and get a view down uh, over the cemetery. This must be one of the trickiest roads I've ever driven up. The road is switched back left and right, keep turning back on ourselves. Uh, very, very tricky and every so often we're getting a glimpse of the drop across the edge of the road here. But you really get a sense of how formidable a natural obstacle this is. So we're halfway up onto Casino. We've driven up, we've come out of the car and we're looking down over a spectacular view. And slightly off to our left, we can see the cemetery, a, a tiny little concentrated spot in this vast landscape surrounded by mountains. Uh, hard to think looking at it that that cemetery contains so many thousands of graves. It's interesting to see what stands out you can see the Stone of Remembrance gleaming mm. white in the sunshine and the rows of graves that look very small and those mm. pillars on the mm. memorial, six pillars on each side. So we're approaching the entrance to the Abbey on top of Monte Cassino now and one word stands out above all else in red lettering, P-A-X, Pax, Peace. So we're inside the Abbey now and I'm not quite sure what I expected but it's a remarkable building. Mm, so much more uh, ornate um, than I thought it would be. Uh, beautiful formal gardens inside, uh, these round arched uh, classic Roman columns and cloisters, thousands it looks like, steps up uh, into the further recesses of the abbey. Uh, beautiful mosaics, glistening gold in the sunlight. It's still very controversial here. I was talking to some Italian journalists earlier. They were asking me about the bombing of the abbey what i thought about it and you know it's a reminder that this was a campaign that often had huge problems in terms of planning in terms of coordination not of course in terms of the efforts of those who fought here um, and of course the bombing of the abbey made it harder for them in many ways it meant that the germans had a an easier time of defending this peak 
Um, but also it's a reminder that bombing wasn't a panacea. It didn't solve all the problems that the Allies had. At the end of the day, it was still the ordinary soldiers who had to fight their way up here. And, and I think there's nowhere better as a reminder and testament to those efforts than the war cemetery down below us. After leaving the Abbey, we drove back to Rome along the same route that Allied forces followed 75 years ago. Before going to the airport, we called at Rome War Cemetery, which lies within the ancient heart of the city. Well, Lucy, we're standing at the entrance gate to Rome War Cemetery, and there's something here that, that's really unusual. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. Seems to be a series of uh, bronze plaques uh, with flowers, though it looks like they're the flowers for different member nations, perhaps, of the, the commission. So we've got wattle for Australia, uh, daffodils for Wales here, the fern, of course, for New Zealand. Yeah, it's really interesting that they decided here to separate the different countries of the mm. UK. So there's a, a shamrock, <laughs> thistle, daffodil, a rose, um, alongside other ones as well. And interestingly, look, I think this is Pakistan, the jasmine oh, flower okay. um, with cotton for, for India. As you first walk in, uh, you find yourself in a rotunda here, a big kind of imposing structure actually yields a lovely view out onto the cemetery through a couple of Doric um, columns. And you notice the uh, inscription around the, the top here, uh, these soldiers of the British Commonwealth gave their lives to preserve liberty and by their sacrifice restored the freedom of Italy and the ancient friendship of the Italian and British peoples. Mm, that's a really interesting decision, isn't it, mm. to put that... But you were telling me that there was originally a different inscription proposed. Yes, a, a quote from uh, Shelley's, Percy Shelley's poem, Adonais, which is uh, about the death of his, his friend um, John Keats, another uh, famous writer who died here in Rome. But on a beautiful sunny day like this, um, it, the cemetery looks absolutely stunning. Mm. From here we can see the, the white headstones stretching out into the distance, the cross uh, and the stone of remembrance. And of mm. course that huge ancient wall, the Aurelian wall, stretching out the old Roman wall behind the cemetery. Absolutely beautiful. Quite a dramatic headstone badge here. I haven't seen this before. Uh, a skull and crossbones bearing an awful lot of teeth um, and the phrase, or glory, so death or, or glory. Uh, what do these represent? So this is the insignia of the 17th, 21st Lancers, part of the Royal Armoured Corps. Looks incredibly fierce, doesn't yeah. it? It's quite an unusual cap badge to see. Around mm. the cemetery, you'll see far more with, with a tank, the insignia mm. of the Royal Tank Regiment. But Trooper Randall, whose headstone we're in front of here, and in fact, Trooper Adams, alongside him. Uh, what I think is most significant about them both is the date of death, the 6th of June 1944, a day we now know, of course, as D-Day, uh, the Allied invasion of Normandy. Uh, and those who fought in Italy were often called D-Day Dodgers, the idea being that they'd missed the main event. But I think this is a, a really important reminder of the ferocity of the fighting here in Italy and the danger particularly that, that tank crews and, and members of the Armoured Corps faced here. It's interesting, I was reading in some archive notes about how it was originally intended to have the cross of sacrifice perhaps inset into that wall um, but I think the natural alcoves that are, are there that haven't been changed obviously since 5th century uh, something like that um, give the, the place a sort of a grandeur and, and a power that uh, conveys that sense of uh, eternal rest. 
We're sitting here in what's now a setting sun under the canopy of trees, uh, an oasis of peace and calm in a, in a bustling city. And I, I, I'm really struck by that combination of ancient and modern that I think the architect Louis de Soissons captured so well here. Um, that sense of, of deep history with the Aurelian War, uh, which would have been known to the ancient defenders of Rome, and then laid out in front of them these hundreds of, of white headstones of, of people from all across the world, from New Zealand, from Australia, from, from South Africa, from Canada, from all across uh, Britain and Ireland. And here, I think we have a real combination of ancient Italian aesthetics and the memorialization of those British and Commonwealth men and women who served here 75 years ago. Next time, we'll be exploring Normandy, discovering the story of the D-Day landings through the war graves and cemeteries that lie across the region. The Legacy of Liberation podcast was brought to you by the Commonwealth War Graves Commission. The presenters were Lucy Kellett and Glyn Prussell with thanks to Carlo Castillo and Jim Knox and to the Abbey of Monte Cassino. The producer was Jack Sheeran.